This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does it look like to live into God's calling as an Asian American Christian? Stay tuned to learn more about learning our names, Asian American Christians on identity, relationships, and vocation. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. 2 Samuel chapter 2 through 2 Samuel chapter 3 verse 5. Chapter 2. David is anointed king. Afterward, David inquired of the Lord, Should I go up to one of the cities of Judah? The Lord told him, Go up. David asked, Where should I go? The Lord replied, To Hebron. So David went up along with his two wives, Ahinom the Jezreelite, and Abigail, formerly the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. David also brought along the men who were with him, each with his family. They settled in the cities of Hebron. The men of Judah came, and there they anointed David as king over the people of Judah. David was told, The people of Jabesh Gilead are the ones who buried Saul. So David sent messengers to the people of Jabesh Gilead and told them, May you be blessed by the Lord, because you have shown this kindness to your Lord Saul by burying him. Now may the Lord show you true kindness. I also will reward you, because you have done this deed. Now be courageous and prove to be valiant warriors, for your Lord Saul is dead. The people of Judah have anointed me as king over them. David's army clashes with the army of Saul. Now Abner, son of Nair, the general in command of Saul's army, had taken Saul's son, Ish-bosheth, and had taken him to Mahanium. He appointed him over Gilead, the Geshurites, Jezreel, Ephraim, Benjamin, and all Israel. Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, was 40 years old when he began to rule over Israel. He ruled two years. However, the people of Judah followed David. David was king in Hebron over the people of Judah for seven and a half years. Then Abner, son of Nair, and the servants of Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, went out from Mahanim to Gibeon. Joab, son of Zariah, and the servants of David also went out and confronted them at the pool of Gibeon. One group stationed themselves on one side of the pool and the other group on the other side of the pool. Abner said to Joab, Let the soldiers get up and fight before us. Joab said, So be it. 
So they got up and crossed over by number twelve belonging to Benjamin and to ish Bosheth, son of Saul, and twelve from the servants of David. As they grappled with one another, each one stabbed his opponent with his sword, and they all fell dead together. So the place is called the Field of Flints. It is in Gibeon. Now the battle was very severe that day. Abner and the men of Israel were overcome by David's soldiers. The three sons of Zariath were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Now Asahel was as quick on his feet as one of the gazelles in the field. Asahel chased Abner without turning to the right or to the left as he followed Abner. Then Abner turned and asked, Is that you, Asahel? He replied, Yes, it is. Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right or to your left. Capture one of the soldiers and take his equipment for yourself. But Asahel was not willing to turn aside from following him. So Abner spoke again to Asahel, Turn aside from following me. I do not want to strike you to the ground. How then could I show my face in the presence of Joab, your brother? But Asahel refused to turn aside, so Abner struck him in the abdomen with the back end of his spear. The spear came out his back. Asahel collapsed on the spot and died there right before Abner. Everyone who came to the place where Asahel fell dead paused in respect. So Joab and Abishai chased Abner. At sunset, they came to the hill of Amath near Giath, on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. The Benjaminites formed their ranks behind Abner and were like a single army standing at the top of a certain hill. Then Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize that this will turn bitter in the end? When will you tell the people to turn aside from pursuing their brothers? Joab replied, As surely as God lives, if you had not said this, it would have been morning before the people would have abandoned pursuit of their brothers. Then Joab blew the ram's horn, and all the people stopped in their tracks. They stopped chasing Israel and ceased fighting. Abner and his men went through the Rift Valley all that night. They crossed the Jordan River and went through the whole region of Bitron and came to Mahanim. Now Joab returned from chasing Abner and assembled all the people. Nineteen of David's soldiers were missing, in addition to Asahel. But David's soldiers had slaughtered the Benjaminites and Abner's men. In all, 360 men had died. They took Asahel's body and buried him in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. Joab and his men then traveled all that night and reached Hebron by dawn. Chapter 3 However, the war was prolonged between the house of Saul and the house of David. David was becoming steadily stronger, while the house of Saul was becoming increasingly weaker. Now sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon, born to Ahinam, the Jezreelite. His second son was Kiliab, born to Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. His third son was Absalom, son of Mecca, daughter of King Telmai of Geshur. His fourth son was Adonijah, the son of Haggith. His fifth son was Sheftathah, the son of Abital. His sixth son was Ithream, born to David's wife, Iglah. These sons were all born to David in Hebron. 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. David's descendants. These were the sons of David who were born to him in Hebron. The firstborn was Amnon, whose mother was Ahinom from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Mecca, daughter of King Telmai of Geshur. The fourth was Adodijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Shephetah, whose mother was Abital. The sixth was Ithream, whose mother was Eglah, David's wife. These six were born to David in Hebron. 
where he ruled for seven years and six months. He ruled 33 years in Jerusalem. First Chronicles chapter 11, verses 10 through 19. David's Warriors These were the leaders of David's warriors who, together with all Israel, stood courageously with him in his kingdom by installing him as king and keeping with the Lord's message concerning Israel. This is the list of David's warriors. Jashobim, a Hecumenite, was head of the officers. He killed 300 men with his spear in a single battle. Next in command was Eleazar, son of Dodo, the Ahohite. He was one of the three elite warriors. He was with David in Pass Damim when the Philistines assembled there for battle. In an area of the field that was full of barley, the army retreated before the Philistines, but then they made a stand in the middle of that area. They defended it and defeated the Philistines. The Lord gave them a great victory. Three of the thirty leaders went down to David at the rocky cliff at the cave of Adullam, while a Philistine force was camped in the valley of Rephaim. David was in the stronghold at the time, when a Philistine garrison was in Bethlehem. David was thirsty and said, How I wish someone would give me some water to drink from the cistern in Bethlehem, near the city gate. So the three elite warriors broke through the Philistine forces and drew some water from the cistern in Bethlehem, near the city gate. They carried it back to David, but David refused to drink it. He poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord and said, God forbid that I should do this. Should I drink the blood of these men who risked their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it to him, he refused to drink it. Such were the exploits of the three elite warriors. New Testament reading. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through chapter 18, verse 14. The Grateful Leper. Now on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went along, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice, he fell with his face to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to turn back and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to the man, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The coming of the kingdom. Now at one point the Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God was coming. So he answered, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The coming of the Son of Man. Then he said to his disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. The people will say to you, Look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go out or chase after them. For just like the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so too it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage. Right up to the day Noah entered the ark, then the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, people were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. But on the day Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven 
and destroyed them all. It will be the same on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, anyone who is on the roof with his goods in the house must not come down to take them away. And likewise, the person in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Then the disciples said to him, Where, Lord? He replied to them, Where the dead body is, there the vultures will gather. Chapter 18 Prayer and the Parable of the Persistent Widow Then Jesus told them a parable to show them they should always pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. There was also a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later on he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor have regard for people, yet because this widow keeps on bothering me, I will give her justice. Or in the end, she will wear me out by her unending pleas. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unrighteous judge says. Won't God give justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Parable of the Pharisee and Tax Collector Jesus also told this parable to some who were confident that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself like this, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, extortionists, unrighteous people, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. The tax collector, however, stood far off and would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, sinner that I am. I tell you that this man went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy and righteous and just God, we thank you, O Lord, for your word. And we, O God, we ask for your ear today. Lord, we cry out to you and we are reminded of the persistent prayer of the widow before an unjust judge. Today, O oh God, we bring our persistent cries and prayers and hopes and pleas for justice to you, knowing that you are indeed a just and righteous and compassionate judge. O oh God, you've reminded us to pray without ceasing. You have reminded us to continue to knock on the doors of heaven, where your throne is holiness and righteousness and justice and purity, O oh God. And so we knock on the doors of heaven, knowing that we have been given access and that you have called us to come boldly to you, not because of our own righteousness or works, but because of what Christ has done. And because what Christ has done has been 
imparted to us. It has been imputed to us, O God. We can knock on the doors of heaven boldly. We can come before you, O God, with our Christmas list as if we're going before a father who delights in our list, who sings over us, who enjoys hearing what our desires and hopes are, and who is tenderhearted towards our deepest concerns, hurts, and fears, O God. Abba, Father, we cry out for you. We live in a world, O God, that is wrecked by sin in so many ways. There is injustice in our land, O God. And we cry out to you, God, for healing. We cry out to you for remedy, for solution, for peace, O God. We cry out for that in all over your world, for this is your creation. We cry out to you, O God, for senseless and wicked and evil violence and gun violence in our land, O God. Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on the families of those who grieve. The grieving losses from mass shootings, O God, it should not be this way. And yet it is. And so we pray about things, O God, that are the reality now, crying out for the greater reality, the greater reality that you ensure to us because you are a God of justice and mercy and healing. There are many who are crying out now, how long, O Lord? And we raise our voices with you to heaven, how long, O Lord? Would you hear your daughters of Zion? Would you hear your sons throughout this world? Would you, O God, hear our cries and pleas as you have heard the cries and pleas of your people? And your scripture has testified to that day after day, that you heard the cries of your people and you said enough is enough. O God, would you speak a holy enough is enough over the violence and injustice in our land, over the apathy and fatigue in our hearts? Would you show yourself mighty to deliver not only our souls, but our bodies? And now, O God, because Christ has been resurrected, you are already at work making all things new. Would you, O God, grant us the faith to have the spiritual eyes and ears to see that work taking place even now as we continue to hold on just a little while longer? It is in your name that we pray and entrust ourselves to you. Amen and amen. Many Asian Americans know the pain of being called names that deny their humanity. Learning Our Names is a book written by a team of four Asian American university staff workers who are East Asian, Southeast Asian, and South Asian, and who share how God uses their unique ethnic identities and experiences for His divine purposes. The book is even endorsed by basketball star Jeremy Lin, who says that the book was so encouraging to him in exploring how his identity shapes his faith. Get your copy today at ivypress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code, the word at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. 
Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.